Welcome to Tapping Into Spirit, where we discuss and explore issues related to spirituality in a manner that questions everything. We start from a premise that everything comes from somewhere and work to understand the unexplainable. We always endeavor to have a great time discussing a serious topic with the hopes of offering inspiring thoughts and ideas that allow for growth, evolution, and transformation. We always begin by inviting Spirit to join us in this conversation and guide our words and intentions so that we express things in a manner that is true and inspirational. And we are always thankful and extremely grateful for the opportunity to serve. I'm your co-host, Dr. Anthony Smith. And as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Zawadi Powell and Glenda Jones. Greetings. (laughs) How are y'all doing? We're back from the holiday season and Ready to start 2020 off with the bang. 2020. <laughs> How things been going for y'all? Did you have a good holiday? Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It was just full of family in and out of my home, eating all my food, <laughs> laughing, little babies running all over the place, dogs and children and old people. Well, not very old people, but there was a... <laughs> they'll be upset with me if I call them very old, older than me. And uh, still young, and um, yeah, it was it was it was a great holiday season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. We spent time traveling and seeing several countries in Africa, South Africa, mm-hmm. Zimbabwe, Botswana, Zambia. Had some very interesting experiences um, seeing various countries and cultures and the way people live and and do the things that they do it was quite enlightening um, wow. to have that experience and Amazing. to be able to share that with our children mm. mm-hmm. so it, it actually started me to thinking about some things uh, as it relates to spirituality and the concept of love uh, with the way this threat this looming threat of war out there um, it, it makes me really question and consider love is supposed to be an integral part of most spiritual practices. Mm. And yet there's so much, I will say the opposite of love <laughs> that appears to be out there in the universe. And it made me start wondering how are people reconciling what they say they believe or what they're actually doing. Um, And what does that really mean for how we go about integrating that into our lives, you know, in Mm -hmm. terms of um, being vessels of love that we can contribute to society. So I don't know, what do you all think about that? Have you been thinking about this? Yeah, I have to say it's been very difficult to maintain Um, a high vibration and to stay on a high energetic wave um, with all of this news that's going on and I find myself trying to avoid um, some of the stories um, because it just it pulls you into this energy of hatred It, it sort of pulls you into choosing sides and 
you know, wishing ill on people and hoping that someone dies and just like these types of thoughts that, you know, um, are, are not part of your daily, uh, program or part of, you know, what you're doing in your life at the time or what you need to be focused on even in, you know, supporting, uh, people who are, who, who need you. And, um, and so I think it's, it's so important to remember that love is, I believe the strongest force in the universe. It, it is the force that, that, um, that enables creation and, um, and, and to continue to focus on that so that you don't get, you know, sideswiped into these, um, capitalist, you know, wars and battles that have absolutely nothing to do with spirituality. If you, if you ask me. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, I wonder about the, everything has a, opposite side and so you need you need the balancing uh in the universe right so mm-hmm. opposite of love being hate mm-hmm. which know? i think is just as strong as love mm-hmm. i do um it seems like it's stronger nowadays <laughs> yeah. i, I want to first just say i have laryngitis i'm sitting here i'm like i'm about to do surgery with a mask over my mouth so if, you, if i'm not as clear as normal I'm um, trying to recover from my, my voice. but So love, from my perspective, is a spirit. Love is an energy. Um, we say God is love. God is a spirit and an energy. That, to me, um, says a lot like, so... We, we talk about love, but it's so very challenging to practice the art of loving. And I think in, in this climate, like Zawadi was saying, it becomes even more challenging. When everything is going well and the sun seems to be shining on you and all things are good, it's easier to focus on love. But when there's... Um, hatred or when there's people being mistreated or a variety, it is much easier. Uh, or it's much more challenging to focus on the energy of love. Um, and I'm with Zawadi, I've had some challenges of late. Focusing on like staying at a high ba- vibrational level, focusing on the things that are positive. And I avoid the news for that reason. And still it can be challenging. Do you think it's possible to not have any negative thoughts or hatred um, at all? Is, is, that, is it possible to live your life in that way? Possible. Right. I think it's possible. Probable. I don't think it's probable. Because I would be negating the power of spirit if I say it's not possible. And I don't want to negate that. Sure. But is it mm-hmm. probable? I believe in the in the world that we live in, and all of all the distractions and the negativity that we're bombarded with, and there's just so much that it is. It makes it less likely. It makes it less likely. But then you wonder too, like, is there a space for hatred? Right. 
Like, is it a necessary emotion to feel in the human experience? Mm-hmm. Are there times when murder is necessary? Are there times when that anger, that element of anger that takes you to the red is necessary? Is that sometimes part of people's destiny? Do they have to experience that for some reason that that we, we just don't understand? Or is it truly something to be avoided at all costs? Or is that just something that we learn from the religious, you know, teachings and uh, philosophies? But is it a natural part of the order of things of creation and destruction and right. keeping the balance? Right. I, I, how would you even know love if there was no hate? Right. How would you know what you like if you didn't have something that you didn't like? Right. So there is a polarity. I, I kind of get what you're saying. I, I feel that. Um, I, I can't. I, there was a minister years ago. I believe. I hate to say the name because I may be saying it wrong. But he used to preach a sermon. If if I'm offending someone, let me ask for your forgiveness in advance. But this I thought was interesting. A sermon on God damning stuff. And, you know, we have this issue using the word God and damn. But God should damn a lot of things. Like, God should damn poverty. And God should damn child abuse. Mm-hmm. And God should damn um, physical abuse. And there are a whole lot of things that God should damn. Um, and in a lot of the religious texts and history... There were times that there was a wrath, supposedly, of God. So is there... I don't know that it's just. Is that just human? And then you also look at, you know, in, in, the, in the, um, the traditions of Africa, um, how, you know, sometimes the ocean will rise up and wash something away, you know, if you don't offer to, you know, the goddess. The rains will not come. You know, like, there's consequence also embedded in those traditions which can also lead to murders mm-hmm. and deaths. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Sometimes I just wonder if we're so indoctrinated with the Christianity um, or the Ten Commandments. <laughs> and is that truly how we should be functioning? Because with the politics of the times... And feeling these levels of anger and hatred and wanting to harm people. (laughs) Sometimes you feel like, but I'm justified. You know, like, I'm justified. Like, Mm -hmm. if it's justified, then, you know, am I wrong? You know, like... (laughs) Well, is it healthy to not have that feeling? Because otherwise, somebody could come in and just dominate you and put you to extinction if you don't have something that rises up and says no I'm not going to allow you to just run all over me mm-hmm. um, is it almost like an instinctual thing like if you watch animals teaching their young in certain situations to avoid or to defend like those things are a part of how they live their lives and so, fight or flight right so maybe we should be looking at that as something we should um, adhere to as well. 
And when you're talking about the water, but all of the elements of the universe provide life and also take away life. I can't mm -hmm. think of one element that does not. The rains can do that. Fire, wind. Like there are so many elements of the universe that can give life and aid with life, but it also can take life away. Mm -hmm. um, and I've often thought in recent years, um, the abuse of the planet has been increasing those situations where there's a tsunami or there um, fires are burning, burning, wildfires and mudslides. And like we are abusing the planet. And the planet is a living thing. And it has equivalent to what we have blood in our flowing through our body. The planet has its life-giving force within it. And we're draining that out. And we're taking from it and we're taking from it. And it's going to fight back. Hmm. It's going to. I mean, it wants to survive just it, as much as we want to. But it's been around for a very long time. Like... It's bigger than us. It's it's gonna be okay. Mm, right. It's Wouldn't a question: so? Are we gonna be here? Right. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's fighting back because it wants to live. I'm not saying the planet is not going to survive. We can't. But we're killing it. What we're doing is weakening it and making it sick. Our ozone lip. Like it's so many things that we see that. So yeah, it's gonna fight back. And so the planet's not gonna go anywhere. But the human species may go somewhere. Mm -hmm. So that's something we should pay attention to. Yeah, that, that may be of their own doing with shooting off these nuclear weapons. Um, um, hmm. And so, you know, I, it, it makes me think about, you know, some, like the way that my brother sees things sometimes, like his perspective around things um, in terms of being in a hateful experience or an angry experience or an emotionally charged experience in that maintaining his own inner zen and responding but not reacting and not meeting the energy where it is and continuing to vibrate at the frequency that he's chosen consciously in order to practice his own spiritual evolution and watching him do that in various you know, strange and ghetto situations, you know, <laughs> somebody's like just flipping out, you know, and he's just sitting there like, you know, it, this is me, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't go to that vibration that you're at, but I see what you're doing, you know, and I don't appreciate it. And I, for me watching, even with all these questions in my mind and feeling these different emotions. I think it's been really important and I and I'm not always succeeding to to try to mirror that and and I see Anthony doing it quite often as well where you know it's like just being able to to encapsulate your own energy that you and 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 maintain your your inner emotional composure and your own spiritual vibration so that you're protected almost from these things that are pulling you or trying to change your, make you react. And, and, and for me, it's been a daily feeling of that, of 
just even without seeing the news, without reading anything, just the energy in the world has has been feeling that way for me. Like I have to just constantly go to a happy place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a challenge to do that. I, I, what I what I heard you say from your brother that I really like is responding but not reacting. I think that's that's key, mm-hmm. right? Um, people have a right to live their life the way they want to live it and to do whatever it is that they want to do. As long as they aren't hurting anybody else or encroaching upon my territory, you get to do whatever you want to do. Don't enter my space. And so I can observe you doing something that I think is very harmful and give you the right to do that. Don't harm me. Um, and Because if you bring it to me, now we have to escalate it to another level. I can't just allow you to... I guess some people would say you should turn the other cheek. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm of the. I think that's part of balance as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to throw the first blow, mm-hmm. but I'm also not going to allow you to pummel me either. Mm-hmm. Right? I, there will be uh, return in kind. Yeah. So when you decide to murder them, it's a conscious decision that you've made. <laughs> <laughs> Right. With strategy so and it's okay. consideration. It's okay to react. It's, okay. it's what you're saying. Yes, I'm saying it It, it absolutely is for, for me. Okay. So I understand that some people would say, because um, you could take this love thing, and I think that's why I think extremes aren't good. You could say, I don't care how many times you hit me, I'm still going to love you, and I'm not going to hit back. And I think at one point in my life, I was at that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but life kept happening for me. And I was taught that it has to be in balance. You can't just let people hit you. At a certain point, you have to defend yourself as well. That's the other side of it. Um, there's a movie that that, um, um, that I like that, that deals with that. The, um, the Irish guy. In the movie and he is his wife he's like i don't want to fight just leave me alone just leave me alone and then they kill his wife and he just loses it it's a scottish scottish guy i remember the name of that film but he just loses it goes on a rampage and he's killing all these people and they they woke up a, be- a beast because he really just wanted to be left alone and they pushed him to the edge mm-hmm. um, and i think for me that whole concept of being able to be loved, but be loved within balance and not allow people to come at me at a way that they're going to um, take advantage or, or bring harm to me. Right? That's balance for me. And that may not be for everybody. And there, then there's a perspective in that. That's your perspective. That's my perspective, right. You know, because we can say they come at you and it, you perceive this harm. It doesn't have to be that they were going to literally harm you. Or maybe they did. And maybe what they did, maybe they didn't see that as harm. If somebody they push you. If, if somebody hits me with a two-by-four. Okay, well, but, they, but isn't there something between a two-by-four? and I mean, every hit doesn't have to be a two-by-four. So yeah. is it okay if they harm you emotionally to retaliate? you yeah. got to think mm-hmm. that through. Mm-hmm. You know, because we say that. Is it okay if they harm you 
Like, well, you have see, to consider. Yeah, for me, emotionally, emotionally is, is, you know, there's a lot in it that speaks to how I'm going to carry myself, right? So there, there are elements of the way I live my life that I don't care what somebody says, right? It's like um, um, Ruiz talks about what you say about me or what you think about me is none of my business. And if I'm carrying it that way fully, then you have the, your right. I'm not going to please everybody. Somebody is going to have some problem with me or something that I have. This, it's just impossible to have everybody 100% on your side. Our world, even that is in balance. Our world just does not work like that. People are going to find a problem with the, the most pious monk. Oh, they just think they're better than everybody. Like the, People are going to have something to say. And so my job is to not let their thoughts enter into my peaceful sphere because I'm good with, with me and me and God got a relationship that that's what's important. So as long as I'm tapped into the creator and I'm fine with me, you can have your thoughts. And you're a grown man. Right. But then there but are... that's not always the case. So what if you were a child and your parent is verbally abusive to you? Right. So they don't I have to put that. their hand on you. Mm. And at what point is it okay for that child who's continuing to grow to retaliate? Where they're yelling at them, they're belittling them, they are degrading them, they are, and they are treating them. They don't have to put their hands on them to hurt them emotionally. You're talking about someone who you have that perceived power. But there are those who don't have power. And we can hurt people without touching them. It's fascinating, too, when you were talking about the movie and the Scottish guy who, you know, after they killed his wife, he just lost it and, you know, went on a rampage. And I was like, it's so interesting because I know that scenario that you're talking about because there are so many movies made with that theme in it. And we watch them and we love it. We love to see the person you know, snap and get revenge on everyone who harmed <laughs> right. them. And yeah. it feels so wonderful to us <laughs> to, you know, it's, it's like delicious. Yeah. And, and I think that there are times in life, you know, recently during the, the holidays, you know, we saw this with certain family members where there's someone who, you know, is, is, is verbally, emotionally abusive and continuously comes and abuses, you know, this particular family member. And because everyone is adult, you know, we, we just kind of like, oh, you know, that's kind of, you know, one of those bad situations. They always fight and they always arguing. And then this year we saw the person who had, who was being, you know, tormented flip out, you know, mm-hmm. just get street. You know, just like head moving, screaming, you know, spit coming out the mouth, just like all the fury, you know, I'm going to unleash on you to the point where we had to physically separate the family members (laughs) and calm it down because, you know, you have to respect your elders. Of course, it's one of the crazy old people. And (laughs) so, you know, it's, it's like, but at the same time, we were all like, good, like, Maybe this will nip it in the butt so we don't have to watch these arguments no more. You know, maybe this will, you know, finally solve, you know, the person has shown that they're not going to take it anymore, that, you know, it's it's over with. This whole scenario that goes back and forth between us for years 
is no more. I'm ending this because I'm going to hurt you. And sometimes I wonder if we as a nation are going to get to that point where, you know, we, we kind of, um, just because it, it just feels like in this political climate, we're just like watching these travesties happen over and over and over and over and feeling like, wait, I'm trying to keep my composure. I have to maintain my lifestyle. I need to stay at a high vibration. I need to not get angry. I need to not feel hatred. I need to continue to spiritually evolve, but feeling this pull, you know, towards this hatred, towards this anger, towards this feeling that that, that same snap that the man in the movie felt where he just was like, you know what, this is it. And I, I think I almost came to that point when I started seeing children in cages. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's just like, like it, it, it's, it's really become very intense and interesting times when we think about, you know, the energy of love and whether, you know, hatred is a sacred emotion, whether there is, you know, a time for violence, whether there is a sacred murder, you know, like, is it really true that these things are, you know, from the dark side or are they the yin and yang balance of giving life and taking life? You know, like how, who are we to say that those things don't have a place in the divine justice in the universe? Mm-hmm. It's interesting how upset we get when you mention how the movies, there are a lot of them. Sometimes it'll be a movie where a person's child is murdered mm-hmm. and they get revenge or a wife or their whole family. But how angry do we feel when the person that has been wronged forgives the perpetrator? That happened recently. Mm-hmm. When the wife is murdered and the husband forgives. Mm-hmm. Or the child is murdered and the parent forgives. Mm-hmm. We get some negative emotions mm-hmm. about that. To me, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Because murder isn't the only thing we could do. Or retaliation isn't all that we could do. Mm-hmm. We still have choices. Right. Even the man whose wife was murdered, he chose mm-hmm. right. to react in the way in which he did. Mm-hmm. And we always do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I often talk about... Yeah, because he could have started a program for the protection of women <laughs> as opposed to going on a rampage to clear out. Wife. But we wouldn't have watched that movie. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> we would rather watch the other movie, but we're programmed we to for, for, sensationalize that. <laughs> We would have called him a wuss. <laughs> we like, we would. Where's your gun, man? Yeah. Why starting nonprofit? Right. <laughs> Such a mm-hmm. Yeah, the name of that movie was Braveheart that I was thinking about. Oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. I remember. So we were in South Africa and looking at the history of South Africa and the, and the apartheid and the absolutely heinous things that were done to black people there you know when you when you watch the fact that they just killed children like Mm. teenagers they just opened up their guns and just shot them down for no reason like they were protesting the right to be taught in their native language as opposed to a language that was imposed upon them and for that they were shot and killed. That level of hatred, and like, I have to really think about this. You hate me 
because my pigmentation is different than yours. That is such a bizarre thought to think about. And right? then not even, and in, 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 in also you hate me because I'm refusing to allow you to colonize me any longer. Right. Like you, right. <laughs> like right. that you whole situation that. is off the chain. But it mirrors some of the things that were happening here in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost the exact Still same happening. phenomena. Um, and it just makes you this value of life. Like people can have more love for animal. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got to save this dog. Oh, we got to save this lion. But they don't care about a human, a human life. Mm-hmm. Don't have an abortion. You're killing life, like. But you we'll can already be born, you. and we don't give a damn about you. Yeah. Don't cross our border. Right. We put you in a cage. You're not a person All right. anymore. We you don't, don't have care that about you. Citizenship paper. That's just so. I don't know how people do the dance in their head, the the dissonance to make it okay for me to have this level of hatred, even as I'm preaching love. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, and I'm every week I'm going and I'm doing whatever it I, whatever it is that I do spiritually, but I'm saying that, oh, I love God and I love the creator and, oh, I'm just love, 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 but I hate you. That is bizarre. That, that just does not make sense. Those and, are sick people. I mean, we all are sick then because we all do it to some degree. So here I'm going to go th- there. We all have our people and things we look down on. We use words like ghetto and hood and um, those people. It's easy to love the people that we get along with, that we're like, that we might connect with. But I challenge you to love those that are more difficult to love. Now, I'm not saying that I do it. I'm just saying, well, let's, let's look at it. I mean, we might not shoot them or put them in cages but there are things that we need to check ourselves on that well what does it mean to love i mean you can love somebody and still think they're ghetto yeah i do and but there are also people who are dangerous (laughs) to have connected to you Right, and some of those people are, are white people in a suit and a tie yeah. in high places that we wouldn't even call ghetto. They're more dangerous to us, but that's our colonized mind. Well, ghetto, we put danger on a face that often looks like us. I don't know. Not I know me. some people who will who will rob you and beat you up really yeah. And we were robbed and beat a long time ago, way before that was what mm-hmm. we did. Yeah. When you had three or four slave owners on a plantation controlling... 20, 30 slaves, at, at our nature, we are not violent and aggressive. But once we've been in this situation, as long as we have, who wouldn't become more violent or aggressive? I'm just saying, still, I'm going to give another perspective. And still, um, we're not as violent because these people are trying to wage war with other people's children. Like They're not putting their children on the front lines, but they'll gladly, oh yeah, that's no big deal. Let's, well, we're going to start a war. But if your child was done, that's the thing about not really appreciating that every life is the same. 
there's not one life is more valuable than the other life. And this people in I don't know if it maybe it's a human condition, but I think in this country we have it we it, that sentiment is more prevalent than I've seen other places where I, there's more compassion other places. Um, because the capitalism and the whole concept of acquiring things and the American dynamic of robbing and leeching off of the entire world to acquire things, to build more technology, to build more, you know, material items for luxury purposes, to, you know, just the hoarding that happens with this, that has happened with this society, it, it, it takes away from the value of human connection, the value of human life. Even that whole concept that we can't let more people in because it's going to, you know, distribute the wealth, you know, so that we can't maintain our percentages, you know, or we require too much social services. So, you know, we need to minimize, you know, immigration or how many people have children. I mean, it's, it, it, all of that is, is connected to that whole sense of greed and need to accumulate massive amounts of money, which um, probably goes back to the, the, the spirit at the beginning of this, uh, the, the domination of this land, which was mm-hmm. a, a, an escape of criminals who had nothing and wanted to thieve and pillage and discover in desperation, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, that has continued, you know, to, to be a, 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 a fabric in, in this society. Um, and, and it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Some of the most wealthy in our country get a lot of social services, if you really like the mm-hmm. automobile when they help the automobile industry what was that mm-hmm. or the banking industry or mm-hmm. farmers now it's, it's it might lot. not be food stamps and a check each month or medicare or medicaid but that's what it is it's still billions of dollars mm-hmm. well even just in terms of the even the lending systems you know and the the programs and products that they come up with uh, to assist the the businessmen and uh, those of certain nationalities um, <laughs> uh, you know I mean it it I mean it, it's it's all very ridiculous but it, it just that whole the whole the way that the heart of the whole culture is based in this you know American capitalism I think um, is is what we we have to remain conscious of our, how much consumerism are we adapting into our own personal cultures and how much do we do to support that whole spirit of consumerism and capitalism and what do we do to remind ourselves um in a society that's pressuring us to be that way so that you know they can continue to profit off of our behaviors um what what are we doing to remind ourselves you know to to practice love for humanity to, to to go out of our ways to you know affect other people's lives to be friendly to people who might be categorized you know as um unlovable or un, un, undesirable um you know on on an individual basis you know that that's another struggle that we have to mm-hmm. face daily 
Yeah. Interestingly, you know, you see a lot of random acts of kindness, things of that, that nature that speak to um, the, the element of love, right? And they just had this thing where people are leaving a large tip in, in 2020, $20.20. Somebody did $2,000 for, for one woman. So there's been a, a upswing of people doing things like that. Mm-hmm. So there are folks who have a desire to see positive things happen and to um, treat their fellow man in the spirit of love, but just wonder if it is the majority mm-hmm. or if there's, uh, or what the balance really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like it's out of balance right now to mm-hmm. me. Um, and, you know, going back to the, the issue of categorizing people and, and still being able to stay in a space of love, even if, um, even if they do something to wrong you, could you love someone that murders your child? Uh, could you love someone that raped your mother? My answer is hell no. But you all might have a different answer. <laughs> Pick one. I'm not there yet. As much as I work on it. And I, I consider myself someone who practices loving those that are not as easy to love. And I, I deliberately work on that. So why wouldn't you be able to love someone that... You know, it's fascinating because... For me, um, with um, having grown grown up um, until 11 years old around Caucasian um, children and then studying, you know, the history, you know, after getting out of that environment, being like, wait, what does it mean to be black? You know, I want to know. And studying the history of, um, you know, African-Americans in this country and how vile and... Um, you know, how we were tortured and um, dealt with in those times. Trying to love somebody who raped my mother (laughs) and (laughs) trying to forgive somebody who killed my children, I almost feel like that's something that we practice on a daily basis when we're conscious (laughs) of our history and we have to interact with the European Americans here in this society and be nice and be friendly and be professional and sometimes, you know, see, you know, the humanity in them and remember that, you know, they're not personally aware of the things that their ancestors have done to our ancestors. And, you know, it's just like, like that is kind of an insane question right now with this climate and this the po- politics that are going on because... I'm like, but we do that every day. <laughs> like, we're, like, we try to do that every day all the time. You know, it's like, you know, even like, you know, this weekend, you know, ba- we, at my cousin's, we were babysitting a little boy and he's, you know, Caucasian American. And recognizing that my first instinct is, oh, a little white kid, you know? And then my second instinct is, no, Zawadi, he's a baby. Love him. Be kind to him. He's a baby. He's just a baby. But then being like, wow, this dialogue is in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. That's and so that means that we're constantly, every day, struggling, probably in South Africa too. Yes. Struggling with this whole, you know, attempt to heal something 
that really is forgiving the people who murdered your child and raped your mother. Yeah, for me, my child and my mother would be the direct trauma. Those other things are post-traumatic situations that are uh, definitely affecting me. Uh, but there's a there's some distance, personal distance. That's right, in my own head. Right. I may not. So when you ask, why wouldn't I be? It would be a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Now, I've talked about my son that was born early and um, was in the NIC unit. The nurse suctioned his lung, sucked out lung tissue, his lung collapsed, and he died. Mm -hmm. I hugged her. I let her cry on me. Hmm. So, again, I say you never know what you'll do until you're in that situation. Right. Um, Well, the people, when that, um, that evil person went into the church and shot all those parishioners um, shot and killed people who were who welcomed him in yes. hmm. and offered to pray with him like that really think about the paradox of that yeah. and welcoming him in it was strange for him to even be there but hey we we open our doors to everybody and i often wonder what it would be like if i were to go to some country white church and just hey i'm here to worship with y'all what mm. kind of reception i would get mm. but with a trench know, coat on <laughs> but here here he was being welcomed in and he murdered all these innocent people and many people forgave him like instantly they talked about forgiveness well, i know um, someone personally whose brother was murdered in that situation hmm. i should ask her one day mm-hmm. hmm. I, I, I don't know if she's an amazing woman hmm. but that would be challenging Mm-hmm. would be challenging. So, and which is, I think, another podcast. Like, what does forgiveness really look like? Right. Yeah. Like, because someone made a comment like, well, you know, God, today, one of my clients said, God um, tells us we should forgive and forget. I don't remember that part. Who am I to quote the Bible? I thought you were not to forget. I mean, because we should remember if you ask me. Yes, to stay can we, safe. Can we forgive and remember? <laughs> I mean, is that okay? <laughs> I don't know how you can forget. Your 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 brain is like a hard drive. Mm. And so it stores, it. it has stored every single episode of your life. Even if you can't recall it in this moment. Think about a song you haven't heard in 20 years and it can come on and you can know every single word and the melody and it, because it's stored there. And mm-hmm. so memories are, are similar and it just needs some prodding sometime for them to, for them to come up. So I don't know if we can actively say, okay, I'm going to forget this now and not think about it. Mm, I don't think that's possible. Um, but but I, a display it, of love would be to forgive and then still treat that person well. Right. Right. That would and be I think I, I believe that you know f- philosophically the whole you know they say eye for eye makes the whole world blind. It's like you know it's an attempt to not continue continuous cycles you know yeah. of violence, continuous cycles of revenge, continuous you know um, continuing abuses and violences and and things in the world that are not helpful to the evolution of of humanity. And uh, 
And I think that, um, that, you know, that that's the idea behind those philosophies, but out of balance, they become, you know, we become a sucker. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like you're mm-hmm. just bending over for people to kick you. Yeah. I think as a people, we've done a lot of that. Bending over for people to get them. Mm-hmm. And as much bad rap as we get, we are people who we love pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. And well, in my community, I didn't grow up. Um, I didn't grow up with a whole bunch of black or white people. I mean, pretty much until, I don't know, maybe middle, you know, or maybe fourth or fifth grade. I had a very small circle. It was my immediate family. Um, The school I went to was predominantly white. But in my community, like where my grandma and my grandmother was, we, they accepted all children. They took, they didn't matter. I mean, we even see images of the little mammy breastfeeding. Right. The little, so, mm-hmm. I mean, we've had that be our reality for centuries, that we accept everybody. You know, like, come on, we won't take care of that baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. Right. You know, so, mm-hmm. I think we are, at our core, we are a people um, that have a strong foundation of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really believe we do. I would challenge that all of us here to over the next pick an amount of time work on loving those who are less, who aren't so easy to love. Mm-hmm. Those who are different than you. Those who don't do what we think they should do. May not act the way we think they should act. Um, may not have what we think they should have or whatever. I challenge you to whatever you, however you would display that love. Because it's easy to put money on something. Yeah, I'm going to give you a $20 tip. I'm going to give you 2000 But to actually give someone some of your time and your energy, that's a much more mm-hmm. of a challenge. Mm-hmm. So that's just okay. a thought for me. So 90-day love challenge. How about that? Have our listeners see if you want to jump in and j- do a 90-day love challenge. Okay. Can it be a hot, sexy man? <laughs> That's too easy to love. <laughs> I do 90 days of that. <laughs> That's too easy to love. Try about the little dirty, dusty man on the corner who mm. is stinking. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be growth. Mm-hmm. I remember their podcast with um, Gogo De Niro. Gogo De Niro. And De she De talked about De Niro. De Nero. Gogo De Nero, <laughs> who talked about being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We are so conditioned to want to be in, the, in what's comfortable and to do what's comfortable. We need to get uncomfortable. And that's where our growth comes. Okay. So, so, yeah, we're going to put that challenge out to the listeners as we wrap up here and let us know your thoughts about it. You know, connect with us. Talk to us. Um, go follow us on Twitter, Tapping Spirit, at Tapping Spirit. Visit our website. <laughs> connect with us somehow. And let us know what your thoughts are. Yes, connect. Oh,
<laughs> SOS. Yeah, talking about spirit. So in closing, we'd like to encourage you to embrace the concept of change and learning something new. Continue to evolve, continue to transform, continue to thrive, and find your own personal path to tapping into spirit. And I was obviously too blind and probably too weak to see who was responsible for my losing streak.